0: Once again, you are welcome to Cabin Devils. And my co-host tonight is Amanda. And our speaker tonight is the other part of Amanda. <laughs> you know, when we were thinking about this topic, and I'm asking this couple to come and share with us, they denied having silent treatment. But but we have lots of questions that are going to be coming in from the audience, and uh I'm really, I'm really, I'm, I'm expecting to learn a lot tonight, uh, concerning this, uh, mm. typical talent treatment. And, uh, one of the funny things is when I sent out the poster earlier on today, someone, Agatha, is like, hey, you use the dog, why are you using this dog? I think does not look nice. And I told her, <laughs> that dog doesn't, that dog doesn't want to know anything else, It doesn't want to know. And I told her, it's ready to bite. <laughs> It's quiet, <laughs> but ready to bite. And so the silent treatment mm. is not that gentle quietness of just being chilling at the beach. Silent treatment is real. Silent mm. treatment is real. And uh, Amanda, have you ever experienced this? Have you ever seen a movie where silent treatment is? I'm, I mean, it doesn't happen to you. Have you ever watched a movie somewhere, read a book where there is silent treatment? What do you think, Amanda?
1: <laughs> I mean, I have seen it in, in probably other relationships. I have seen it, I guess if I, if I look through things through my perspective, I'm, a, I'm the total opposite. I, I, I want to deal with it, and I want to deal with it right now, and <laughs> so definitely not me, but I definitely have seen it in other friends or people, and I, I guess it just, it irks my struggle with the quiet. <laughs> Oh, and so definitely would. I'm I'm such a peacemaker. So now that you're being quiet to me, and I know you're being quiet because you're not happy. So now I'm thinking all these millions of thoughts. So Mm. yeah,
0: Um, David, you're welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I I will
1: stay in the
2: background and listen. <laughs> and be quiet until I'm invited. Yes, I'll give you the silent treatment, okay. all of you.
0: <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, please share with us what are your thoughts concerning this silent treatment? Does it happen to you? Have you seen it happen? And what is the best way to deal with it? How do you break the ice? <laughs> Literally, uh, you can say, Me, I buy flowers and I, I, I put them by the bed, and then when she wakes up, she sees the roses, and then the silence is broken but what are some of the suggestions you have on breaking the ice with sudden treatment?
1: Well, and and I guess um, David reminded me, like, okay, it's most popular in couples because you spend your life together, but it's also among friends. And so I can look back and see um, different situations where friends might have done that as well. And I, I was writing here, it, it's such an issue of, of prayer on both sides because you have to come at each other with 1 Corinthians 13, um, mm. both are probably experiencing anger mm. um, or, or hurt. And they're just responding to the situation in a different way. So however much they are quiet, there's still possibly feelings of hurt or anger behind that. And it's being used to maybe revenge or manipulate the situation. And so just, okay, I, I had a picture of, I mean, if we're in a relationship, we, we desire the relationship to, to do well and to thrive. And so that requires communication and the communication is like, let's say it's like throwing a ball. And so mm-hmm. I'm I'm throwing something at you that, that you should be able to catch because we desire to be on the same page. But now if I'm throwing the ball, like let's say in my situation, like hard or angrily, loudly, it probably <laughs> will hurt the other person. But mm. then the other side is if I throw, like if I don't throw the ball at all, <laughs> We're not getting anywhere. So just approaching each other with 1 Corinthians 13 in mind, that we believe the best of each other, that we are not easily provoked, that we want the best for each other. So, yeah, that's my thoughts.
0: It's interesting when you think about it that way, that, uh, yes, you have to be gentle in the way you throw the ball. I think in relation to what um, not hard, but also not keeping quiet um i had not realized when i think about this i had not realized how serious um, this problem is Uh, but i mean it is said that uh, it's one of the obvious predictors of of divorce in marriage Mm -hmm. a silent treatment it's one of the most clear indicators of divorce it always happens uh, almost always happens before, before a divorce. We're oh, talking about marriage here. We have Singapore who are tuned in live and might be thinking they must be rolling their eyes right now and they're thinking, what are these guys talking about? Don't oh, worry, you know what we're talking about. If you're dating, you already know what we're talking about. And I was just thinking about this whole concept of a silent treatment. And in my mind, I'm thinking it's like adults pouting. You know, when the children pout, you take away something with a video game and the, and the kid <laughs> sits back in the couch and Folds their hands. This is the adult version of, of that. And so it's really, really serious. And maybe just to get David thinking as uh, he gets into God's word uh, in a few minutes, uh, one of the questions I was asked earlier on is Is there a godly way to treat, to do the silent treatment? Is there a way that is okay to do the silent treatment? Why? Because James is talking about being slow to speak. It doesn't stop there though maybe as a hint to the answer we also talks about being slow to anger and so there's a difference i think with the two but maybe that's a question david want to help us answer is there a godly way uh, to be quiet because one of the other things i also keep saying is no one can judge me for what i never said. but i think being mm-hmm. or treating someone silently in terms of silent treatment can also be can also be seen. I'm not sure. We're going to get into God's word very quickly or shortly. Timothy here is saying something interesting. He's saying, for me, the ice is broken in that moment when I realize that my silence is driven by pride and selfishness, which is usually the reality. It's usually tough to keep silent uh, to your spouse or dear friend when you are truly in fellowship with Christ. That is true. The two do not mix. The love for God drives us to be at peace, in fellowship and in joy with one another. I think in that moment, mm. the best way to break the ice according to Timothy is you turn to Christ. Amanda.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's beautiful, Timothy, of just the, the vulnerability of getting to that point where you see your heart issue behind the, the silence. And um, Sandra is saying here, a practical way to to deal with that is after a disagreement starting by saying can we please talk about a b c whatever issue it is and it takes it takes a huge it's a huge step to be the one to step up and and say hey can we talk about this and then we need to to receive whatever they say with respect and you know allow Again, 1 Corinthians
0: 13 to lead us. (laughs) It's interesting. Um, I wanted to throw another spanner into uh, Sandy's suggestion here. It is good. I mean, it's a good place to start. I completely agree. Okay? And there's not going to be, but I completely agree. For one to say, can we please talk about it? Can we talk about ABC and D? Maybe and F. (laughs) But what if someone says, I don't want to talk about it? They just say, I don't want to talk Uh about it. I want to continue in my silence. Eventually, the question has to be posed back to them again. Can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? That's a good place to start, Sandy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think when they say, I don't want to talk about it, clearly the ball is in their court. They have to throw it back. Going back to Amanda's illustration, Mm -hmm. the ball has been given to them. They have to throw it back. So, we kindly, I think, patiently wait and allow them uh, to do whatever they're dealing with. And maybe eventually, when we talk about it, we hope that it will be a sensible answer they'll be giving us back because they've taken time uh, to think uh, about what they're going to say. Because I think it's also our patience sometimes to allow someone to deal with whatever they're dealing with in their heart uh, at that point. Amanda, did you know that the silent treatment? Even if it's brief, it activates the part of the brain that detects physical pain. The initial pain is the same regardless of whether the exclusion is by strangers or close friends or enemies. That the silent treatment is lucky like someone beating you up. Did you know?
1: (laughs) I didn't know it was a fact, but but I can definitely attest to the truth of that fact. So... (laughs) You know, I was younger. just typing uh, Ecclesiastes 7.9, it speaks to not being easily offended, and I think, okay, receiving that silent treatment, not being easily offended, needs to be in the back of my mind, because it, it can feel like that, for sure. <laughs>
0: The other thing we guys really need to think about, I was reading the book, I think it's called Love and Respect. And uh, he was talking about the crazy circle where couples deny themselves. Um, for example, in my case, if I'm denying my wife love, it's like she's breathing through this uh, oxygen tube and I'm stepping on the tube. That's how it feels like. And What does she do? She will fight back for me to put my foot off that tube because that's how she understands life, being loved. And what does she do? Eventually, she will attack, fight back, and will choke my tube of respect. And he says when that happens within the, within a, a scenario of marriage, that circle can become very, very hot very quickly, um, and it can explode very, very quickly. But the scenario that he gave uh, sounded uh, something like, the man is in one room, maybe having a, uh, a, a very difficult time with the wife, they are arguing. And what does he do? At the point of arguing, it is actually said that when that respect is taken away from him, usually men tend to move away and probably he will go in the next room. And uh, usually the ladies, what do they do? They want to finish this now sometimes. And when that lady follows that man in the next room where he has gone and say, we must fix this now. Now that's the opposite of a silent treatment. We must fix this now. It is said that at that point the man's heart is beating at the same rate as one of a soldier who is about to fall on a grenade to save the rest of his team. It's the same heartbeat at that point. Now those are different. Scenarios, one is silent, but the other one is someone insisting this must be sorted right now. Both extremes are equally dangerous. One is painful, but the other can also uh, become very, very dramatic very quickly. But Frank, Frank is saying something here. I like the way he begins. He says, well, I'm not married, but with the friendships I've had, my silence has been always driven by shame, guilt, and sometimes when I think it is the other person to say sorry. It is true. They need to apologize. So you keep quiet and wait for the apology, but it come. It says, but like when I feel it is their fault. That is Frank. Frank, thank you so much for your thoughts. I think it's true. Uh, most of us feel that way. That leads to a desire treatment when you expect an apology uh, from the other individual. Amanda, would you commit us to God as we get ready to hear from His Word?
1: Lord, we thank you so much for this evening. And just this opportunity to talk about a topic that is very common and... Um, amongst marriages, amongst friendships, <laughs> amongst humans. And Lord, um, while uh, a lot of times it, it's because of our flesh, we just pray that you would help us to examine our hearts, all of us, on both sides of the coins, those who are silent and those who, who use attack as as a mechanism to deal with the pain and the hurt. We pray that... Um, you would just help us to examine our heart according to your word uh, and see those areas where we tend to walk <clears throat> out of your path uh, for us and your safety net for us. And uh, may we just be, as we've been saying, may we draw near to you in all of these situations so that um, we may live out your love. In our relationships, we pray for David. Help him to uh, share your word. Uh, um, May you use the Spirit to just touch our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
2: Well, thank you so much, David. Um, You know, I was hoping for
3: a good, you know, appropriate introduction uh, saying David
2: is a man who's experienced in silence treatment he has undergone 40 years of silent treatment he has written books and uh, held conferences of thousands of people where he has treated them silently his, his wife and and him you know engaged in in prolonged uh, fights of silent treatment that their neighbors had to go for follow
0: uh, <laughs> well, That's exactly the you put it <laughs>
2: i mean i mean for for us it's not silent treatment i don't know how many have watched uh, you know mr and mrs smith that's how we fight so it's never (laughs) silent (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyhow (laughs) anyhow getting back to (laughs) to the topic silent treatment it's 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 not a preserve of of, of marriage it's it, anywhere there's a relationship mm. um people are prone to
3: utilize this as a tool uh, to settle their fights um in any relationship definitely there's going to be misunderstanding there's going to be a breakdown of communication and with that um people deal with these uh, issues differently there are those who become physical uh, there are those who become verbose. There are those who become, you know, just silent. And and it's a way that people react to whatever situation they're exposed to in a relationship. Um, I usually say this, and I think I shared this with my wife about two 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 days ago. And and I told her, you know, life is too brief. Life is too short. Um, we only have a, a brief time to. Enjoy the relationships this side of heaven that God has given us. I mean, I, I loved my mom. My mom is no longer around. I wish I could get time to talk to her, but I can't do that. I wish I could. And, and you know, that's going to happen to all of us at some point. The people that we really love either will, will go before us or will go before them, and, and those relationships are not going to last. So while you're still here, enjoy it and and, you know, like um song of Solomon says get rid of those small foxes and 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 cherish your relationship I like what this man had his philosophy of life this this gentleman that died the wakanda guy um, that that said you know when he goes back to heaven he doesn't want to, to to have any any ounce of talent left in him he's going to utilize all of it and that's what I think about relationships as well I think make the most of the relationships that God has given you, and, and when he calls us back home, you will not have any ounce of any love and relationship time that you would go back with. You would have utilized all of it. And, and silent treatment, unfortunately, is one of those things that eats into our relationships. It eats into the time that you should have spent you know, resolving an issue. Mm-hmm. And, and, and conflict is good, by the way. Conflict is good. It is good as long as it it is resolved and from the resolution of a conflict you learn certain things about your partner you learn that you know this annoys them this you know ticks them off so learning to utilize relationships and not wasting even the conflict by utilizing silent treatment as as a tool i tried to do some research on, on on this and uh trying to uh, find out what are some of the triggers. Uh, sometimes people and, and some some friends here have shared um, in, in their thoughts um, what triggers them off. Some of them, it's, you know, they're just afraid. Uh, sometimes it's anger. Someone is annoyed and they, they decide that their response is going to be silent treatment. Sometimes it's out of frustration. Something has been done over and over and over again. Um, maybe you're the type that... Uh, <laughs> You, you, you don't wipe the toilet seat if you're in a, um, a, a marriage relationship or you use the toothpaste from the wrong side. I don't know which the wrong side is. Uh, and, and someone is frustrated and they decide to give you the silent treatment or sometimes some people are just overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed with the situation. They're overwhelmed with what's going on. They're overwhelmed with, you know, what has been uh, taken towards them and they decide to resort to silent treatment. Another common trigger is uh, self-protection. Um, someone feels, you know, I've been hurt before, uh, maybe it's not worth it uh, continuing this relationship for this moment, and the only way I can preserve my emotions, protect my heart, is to give this individual the silent treatment. And and it's, it's funny how ridiculous sometimes uh, people try to justify this, you know, by using Verses like James one nineteen, you know, that says, you know, mm-hmm. be slow to speak. But I think they conveniently forget that you also need to hear, be quick to hear. And you can only hear if you are engaged in a close relationship. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you can be quiet, but be there and listen to the individual and slow to speak. It doesn't say be quiet, it says slow to speak. In other words, be measured in your response, but avail yourself for that relationship where you can be able to hear and also respond back um, in in, measured, um, in a measured way. So why, why, do, why do people resort to employ the silent treatment tool or weapon? Let me use it, let me call it a weapon. Um, sometimes it's, and someone mentioned it here, sometimes it's just retaliation, it's revenge. Um, I know maybe if I got into a shouting match with my wife, um, I, I really don't speak much. Um, I think Amanda does all the speaking for us in our household. I do much of the making noise uh, with the with the boys and and all that, but if if I sense sometimes I will not be able to match maybe Amanda's uh, verbal attack or someone that I'm fighting with, I may decide to use silent treatment as a retaliatory tool. Say, OK, you've used your words to hurt me well. Let me let me also use what I can use best, uh, silence. Uh, sometimes people use it to cut others back to size. You know, um, say, OK, I'll show you. I'll show you who wields the power in this relationship. And, and, and soon I will see you coming back to beg me to talk and to speak. Uh, so it can be a, a sign of pride in an individual And they try to use that to cut someone back to size. If they feel threatened, if they feel, you know, somebody else is trying to bring them down and and they employ this as a a weapon to do that. And then one that is very serious, I think, is manipulation. It can be used as a tool to manipulate others. Uh, You want something and you've asked for it and then maybe your friend or your spouse has not given it to you. And now you want to catch their attention. So they come back and you're quiet. You're usually very bubbly and you know, asking these questions. And then they sit down and they're, maybe they're reading their newspaper and they're wondering, hey, what's going on? What's going on? And they are forcing you to, to get to them so that you can you know, bring up the conversation about what they want. So it can be used as a manipulative tool. And most of the times, when it's used as a manipulative tool, it has the tendency of going towards the abusive side. Yes, you had me right that uh, silent treatment can be abusive. Um, David earlier on mentioned um, about uh, uh, the fact that the, the feeling that someone gets when they are recipients of silent treatment sometimes it's almost the same feeling that someone has beaten you physically but there's no physical evidence but the emotion related uh, connected to that um is, is 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 almost similar so that emotional abuse um and how can you tell that silent, silent treatment has become um, abusive um well if it occurs frequently Okay, uh, your your friends or your friend or your spouse is using it frequently and sometimes it lasts for longer periods. That's abuse. That's emotional abuse. You're being subjected to this over and over again. If it is used as a punishment, you know, you, every time you do something, your friend or your spouse decides to utilize that. That's abuse instead of resorting to uh, conflict resolution Um, And they use it as a way to punish you, to to cut you down and to bring you to where you should be. Um, Another indication that it could be um, abuse is the only way it ends and it always ends is if you apologize uh, or you plead with the individual or you give in to their demands. That's abuse. If your friend, every time they want something from you and maybe initially you had declined to provide it for whatever reasons, and they employ silent treatment, and and you look at a number of things that you've given them is because you have given in to silent treatment, you are in an Mm. abusive relationship, and and then silent treatment is being used as a tool, an abusive tool. Um, Then lastly, another indication is, if you notice that you have had to change um the way you behave, the way you do things, the way you interact with an individual, just to avoid silent treatment. okay? In other words you've been manipulated to the point of now you, you you're walking almost on on, on eggshells um, trying to avoid silent treatment that is abusive. you are living in, in, in a relationship that, uh, silent treatment is being used as um, as a form of abuse and and you may need to seek help as as friends or as a couple to find ways of, of fighting well um, I, I don't remember what book it was amanda that we read at the beginning of um, of our marriage we, we had some fights and and there were just silly fights but I am grateful for one of the book that we read I, maybe you remember the title but it, it it had a chapter that talked about fighting, learning to fight well um, and, and not employing some of his tactics, um, avoiding the use of you, the word you. okay Any anytime you are annoyed or angered, don't use the word you, you know you did this. you always, you, um, separating the individual from the circumstance. So finding help, uh, you can find people who will be able to help you in, in those situations. And, and how do you not deal, therefore, if you are someone that is receiving or you're a recipient of uh, silent treatment, how do you not deal with it? Because the temptation is to try and also employ your own tactic or your own tool in, in, in your fighting uh, to try and settle scores. Okay, he's going to be silent, fine. I'm not going to do the things he usually wants. I'll wait for him to talk. And if he's not going to talk, then I'm not also going to do this. That is usually escalating um, the conflict instead of, of, of dealing with it. So, one, learn not to respond in anger. Um, remember the Bible's advice in Ephesians, you know, don't let the, the sun go down or in, in, in your anger do not sin. So learn not to respond in anger. Number two, watch out not to beg, okay? Because begging or pleading with the individual, if they're giving you the silent treatment, it gives them the, <coughs> the, the idea that this, this is a tool that really, really affects them. And if you find an immature, responsible person, they're always going to use it. It's like enabling them. Anytime you, you plead and beg with them, please talk to me, please, please. And, and you're, you're that desperate. Uh, avoid that. Uh, because it does enable this individual that is abusing you using silent treatment. And then another thing to watch out for is if you're a recipient of uh, abusive silent treatment is watch out not to apologize just for the sake of apologizing or just to have them talk. uh, Because that never solves the issue. You're not apologizing because you've seen the fault. And sometimes I've seen this happen. Uh, people apologizing even when it's not their fault, but they are apologizing so that the silent treatment can stop. That is further enabling the individual and it's not dealing with the issue. Uh, you're only just merely barring your head into the sand. Um, like they say, the ostrich, I don't think the ostrich does that. I don't know why they do that. Um, but anyway, that's what is said. So how therefore do we deal with silent treatment, if you are this recipient, uh, what biblical guidelines uh, can, we, can we look to uh, as believers that can help us in this situation, whether you're married or you're single? Um, well, one, I would say set set rules for, for fighting. I know this, this sounds very strange, but it is inevitable. Uh, we are in relationships with sinful individuals. We are equally sinful individuals, and sinful individuals are always going to sin. They're going to offend. They're going to do. And so, the wise people or wise couple is the one that recognizes this and sets up guidelines for your fighting. You know, um, can you say, you know, we are not going to deal with with an issue when we are very tired. Uh, Can you agree there's not going to be silent treatment? There's not going to be... So set guidelines for when you fight so that you fight well, fight good uh, with with the intention of resolving the conflict but not to settle uh, scores. So that's number one. Number two, be discerning. And and, and I think Amanda shared this uh, earlier on. Be discerning. And I think the best text to use uh, for being... Uh, a person that descends in this relationship, or whatever relationship is, is, is 1 Corinthians 13. And it it, ha- it is loaded. You, you need to remember 1 Corinthians is written in the context of conflict. And actually some silent treatment was happening in this church, uh, where the people that felt that they had the, you know, grandiose gifts of maybe speaking in tongues, who are shunning, others who had less significant you know, gifts. And there was divisions. There was silent treatment actually going on. And so um, Paul writes to this divided church, to this conflict-ridden church, and he gives them some pointers on how they needed to relate with each other. And he says, you know, part of discernment is you need to be patient. If your spouse is the one that is giving you silent treatment, be patient sometimes. Uh, don't, don't rush, you know, like someone earlier said, trying to push for a resolution, going and asking, okay, you talk, 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 talk now. Um, that may not be wise. Figure out the appropriate time when you need to confront that issue because confrontation is biblical. Uh, remembering what Matthew eighteen fifteen tells us, you approach, go tell the brother, about their fault. But also First Corinthians says, you know, you, you need to be reminded to be kind. Uh, you need to be reminded not to be easily provoked by the silent treatment. Uh, when someone gives you the silent treatment, I, I think you need to, to be like Jesus when he stood outside Jerusalem and he was moved with pity because he saw how lost the people were. Uh, it should be a sign. For me, it's a sign that that individual is hurting that individual is angry. That individual is, is going through something. And unfortunately, they, they have chosen an unwise path. So instead of me trying to fight back, I need to find ways of trying to resolve this. And maybe I've, I've genuinely annoyed them. I've made them angry. I need to ask myself, what have I done that might have led them to do this? What have I done to frustrate them? Is there miscommunication? Um, so not to be easily provoked and think, you know, it's it's about me. I need to separate myself and try and find ways in which I can begin a conversation to find out what is it. Did I make you angry? Is it how I said this? Is this how I did this? To try to get to the root of a cause. And then 1 uh, Corinthians still says, love believes all things. Um, I will give the other person the benefit of doubt. Um, I, I will not necessarily go straight away to thinking, well, this guy is a monster, this girl is a monster, my husband is a monster, that's why they're doing this. Uh, maybe it's miscommunication. They were you know, misinformed about something that I did or said, and, and I need to seek it out. And with that, believing all things and hopes all things, I approach this individual with conflict resolution in mind. And perhaps um, if you're looking for a verse that... Uh, comprehensively deals with this issue. I, I, I find First Peter 3, uh, verse 8 to 11, um, it really sums up everything. And I, I, I like the way it begins. It also says, to sum up, OK, to sum up, all, all of you, be harmonious. I'm using NASB. It says, all of you, be harmonious. You need to ask yourself, when we are engaging in silent treatment, are we being harmonious? No. It says, be harmonious. And listen to this. It says, be sympathetic. Be sympathetic to that individual it's like they don't know what they're doing how can i uh, help them out be brotherly be kind-hearted humble in spirit not returning evil for evil or insult for insult and then it goes on to you know talk about seeking peace and pursuing it uh, being careful not to speak evil or speak deceit so it's a very loaded passage that would be very helpful so for you, who's receiving it, I think you need to uh, be patient, be kind, uh, be careful not to retaliate. Examine your heart, examine your role in the conflict, uh, because someone doesn't just walk into the into the house and decide, okay, now I'm going to offer silent treatment. There's something you you might have done, you know. Examine yourself. Uh, is it anything that I did that triggered this off? Um, how can we? Uh, maybe avoid this. How can we be- find better ways of resolving it? Then, if you're the person that is prone to dishing this out, um, again, I would take you back to First Corinthians 13. You know, why do you straight away go to thinking that this person is doing this to hurt me, and therefore I am hurt, I am angry, I need to get back to them by employing this? 1 Corinthians 13, again, says, love believes all things. Give the individual the benefit of doubt. So what does that mean? Ask questions. You know, did you really mean this when you said this? Or why did this happen? You know, there's been instances where I thought maybe Amanda has done something, but it was a genuine mistake or she was on a different, you know, tangent. Uh, Maybe her phone had issues or maybe her phone was lost and that's why she was not returning my calls. So it's going to be foolish for me when she comes in. I tried calling you 20 times and I'm not speaking to her. Can I find out? Can I believe all things? That she's not an evil person who's, you know, all the time has a notebook to craft ways in which to annoy me and, and push my buttons. Then number two, if you're the culprit that usually does this, remember Ephesians four twenty six, when angry, do not sin. In other words, you're going to be annoyed. You're going to be angered as long as you're in relationship. By the way, let me recommend a book that may be helpful when talking about relationships. It's um, by Trip, it's Relationships, a Mess Worth Making. Relationships, a Mess Worth Making. It reminds us that we are relating with, with fallen people and we are also fallen people, and they are always going to annoy us. But our reaction should not be a reaction of sin uh, when we are angered. And then Philippians 2, for me, I, I think, does it as well. Philippians 2 reminds us, you know, to consider others better than ourselves, not to dish out something to them that we will not want to receive as well. Put yourself in their shoes and treat them better. Um, that's what Philippians calls us to do. And then also seek conflict resolution. The same thing uh, 1 Peter 3 8 11 says. So, in a nutshell, find better tools for fighting. Find biblical tools for fighting. Uh, confronting the issue, um, fights are going to be there, but fight better tools, find better tools. Silent treatment is not one of them. It's not biblical. It is not uh, a way of trying to resolve a conflict. It it just escalates it because it hurts the other individual. Um, may God help us. Um, these things are not easy when Jesus Christ was talking about conflict resolution in, in Matthew 18 when the disciples heard him talk about this they said this is this is very hard yes and they said yes it's true. this is a hard concept but you know with God all things are possible. So I'm praying for you uh, those who might be recipients of this may God give you the grace to go through it and grant you the wisdom to maneuver through it. those of you who, have grown into using this as a tool. May God help us to learn to fight well, uh, to fight biblically uh, with resolution and not retaliation as a goal. David. Thank you so
0: much, David. Um, hey, man, even me, I've learned some new stuff here. I thought I was experiencing this topic mm-hmm. But uh, I had never realized it can actually be abusive in the sense that uh, mm. I don't make the connection of pain uh, attached to it and uh, and the fact that someone can continue doing this and make actually make it a habit because they realize how you act. But also me, the individual who is uh, employing this particular tool, I, it's causing so much pain to the other person that, than I'd ever realized. And so thank you so much. Uh, David, one of the things you did mention and talked about, I think, um, is going to be very key uh, in us dealing with this very complex situation because uh, it can easily slip into thinking about this issue before I can answer into uh, an abusive situation or a silent treatment uh, situation. But I was thinking about this, and and, uh, one of the recommendations you gave was... uh, to seek help um, uh, in the sense that have a third party uh, who we both respect uh, to help sort out very difficult, not just treatment, but very difficult uh, circumstances that may be going on uh, in our relationships. And I'm not just talking about the marriage. I believe this is something even those who are dating uh, need to be able to uh, employ in their relationship and say, if we cannot agree on certain things, can we involve a third party and who is that third party? And uh, we need to agree on those way in advance. I love the suggestions you gave of uh, finding rules, of fighting well, fighting well. Mm -hmm. Because I think out of the fights, you get closer and closer for every fight that both of you win. And I think that's the goal of fighting, and both of you come out uh, better people with the with the conflict resolved. So thank you. Thank you so much, Amanda. Do you have any thoughts to what David was sharing? Share with us some of the discussions you guys had as you're preparing for this message tonight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, who's who's throw <laughs> who's throwing the ball? Ah. Uh, no, I think it was it was a beautiful just picture of the humility needed in, in relationships, in all relationships. Um, and just that sensitive sensitivity to, um, his word, but also sensitivity towards the other person. Um, just understanding them and speaking to them with that understanding, um, and knowing that both of you are, are flawed individuals and thank you david for just helping all of us um have the right perspective on this this topic
3: we we, we really didn't prepare uh, together uh, maybe like the last <laughs> two seconds before she ran off that's when we you know talked a little bit but you know i'm just reminded relationship when we had just gotten married and and we we had some fights and then just realizing you know we're in the same team we're on the same team it's it's just foolish it's being on the same team and then, you know, your defenders scoring your own goalkeeper. That's what, you know, prolonged fights are all about. Realizing you're on the mm. same team when I'm giving her the self-treatment, I mean, the silent treatment, I'm hurting myself as well. We are one. And um, so find other ways of resolving conflict without hurting. There is no winning. When, when Amanda loses, I have lost. When, when when I lose and I seek to win in any fight by using whatever tool whether it is silent treatment, we have both lost. When she wins, we win. When Amanda does something great, you know I also win. Um, but when she loses, I also lose. So just being reminded of that, and I think that was one of the things we had to discuss at the beginning. And uh, you know uh, she mentioned about us going to a counselor. It wasn't necessarily about us, but uh, it was a situation we are involved in. But I think they also helped us, you know, and asking us questions, how we deal with our own conflict outside our own, which she shared earlier on. So there's no shame. There's nothing wrong with seeing a counselor. There's nothing wrong with seeing somebody else to help you because none of us are perfect. Um, mm. and, and, and so, David, that, that was nice of you to mention that, seeking help, seeking help. We are all broken individuals. We exist in broken relationships. Our marriages are, you know, a mess, and we need others to help us.
0: If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to bed, you you can as well grow in your faith. Your number one live podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African time.